for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Camadere and Jason Wellwood. On today's show, we take a bit of a detour to stop by the Deep Dive Podcast with Adam Roa. And now, straight from the Deep Dive HQ, your host, Camadere. Sitting across from Camadere, yes. also known as a terrible influence. <laughs> when I was walking up to your house, I saw Azria, and I said, I'm about to be a terrible influence on Adam. And I was so excited. <laughs> yes, because Cam um, said that after his second time on this podcast, he would come on a third time and in order for him to do that, we would have to be stoned. We'd have to be stoned. <laughs> so, he shows up at my house, and the first thing he says is, okay, so you ready to get stoned? <laughs> it had to be done. It had to be done, and here we are. So, I felt like rather than me being super paranoid about you guys all listening and knowing that I was stoned, I just decided I was going to announce it, and then I don't have to be worried about it. So, here's what people will not hear initially, but they will now because I will announce it. The first time you were on my podcast, you were on mushrooms. I was on mushrooms on your podcast. You were microdosing mushrooms, I think. I was microdosing mushrooms on on your podcast. That's totally correct. So for those people who don't know what microdosing is, microdosing is a like one-tenth at most, maybe, uh, maybe even smaller than that, but like one-tenth of a dose of either mushrooms or LSD or whatever it is. And you don't get any of the visual components and you don't get any of the, uh, like really any of the, the intense feelings, like body shivers or anything like that. Nothing moves. What happens is you actually get uh, almost like a nootropic, like a uh, some sort of supplementation. You get the benefits of that medicine working on your brain and opening up certain neural pathways without any of the cognitive, let's say, uh, loss. And so one thing that I've noticed is on certain days, if it's about creativity or produ- productivity or something where I feel like, um, or even playing with uh, emotions, so like playing with um, I want to see if I can open my heart a little bit more today and just show up in, in a different way. Um, I will occasionally microdose either mushrooms or LSD. And um, there's a lot of articles online for people if they want to actually look into what that does and how that works and all of that because it is uh, highly recommended. It's one of the most common things that people do in Silicon Valley, actually, um, is microdose LSD. It's a huge, huge thing. And our podcast was awesome. It's the most listened to podcast on the Game Quarters podcast. And I also am supposed to put out a podcast this Thursday, so we might just have to throw this one on there and just go for it. <laughs> just double it up. Um, 
Yeah, and then here's the other aspect that I feel like is important to say about the um, way in which any of these medicines are used in my life and how I recommend it to, to be done is like when we um, got the weed loaded up, right? Then what did I do after that? We set an intention. We set an intention. I sat there and I closed my eyes and I dropped into just a meditative space and said, I want this medicine to be used to help open up our channels so that our deepest truths and medicine for anyone listening can go out through us. And you added something, which I can't remember. <laughs> it was to be able to communicate effectively any like thing that we feel inspired to connect to the audience because we're intuitively kind of tapping into like this feels mm -hmm. like the right message for the moment and for us to be able to do that effectively. So that's where um, a big difference and I think that we live in a world of intention. Like intention is really um, how we're creating our entire experience here and you can smoke weed like we could have just i could have been like ah oh, shit well i did say that last time okay uh here we go and just smoked it and and had whatever happened happen with it and instead using it as what it is it's a plant medicine it, it comes from the earth just like anything uh, any like mushrooms or ayahuasca and it's important to set the intention every time you're doing it even if you're drinking alcohol like, what is the intention with which you're drinking alcohol? Is it to get drunk? Awesome. Is it to um, open up and be a more social, loving version of yourself? Like, what is it? And are you doing it consciously? And so, yeah, we have smoked weed. And I'm very curious to see where this podcast goes with that intention being set. And something I want to speak to is, is that, you know, so, I mean, we're just going to dive in. But Thursday last week... We're at Burning Man. Best fucking day of my life. <laughs> Earlier in the day, uh, we were at center camp, and you ended up going off and taking pictures, and I ended up having a conversation with, with a dear friend of mine who was staying at a different camp at Burning Man. And a big part of our conversation was around how she was kind of wondering why she was at Burning Man. <laughs> and she was also wondering that a lot because her camp was getting like drunk and partying and doing a lot of drugs. And whenever she was doing them, she had the sense of like, why the fuck am I here? Like, am I just here at Burning Man just to like party and do drugs and just that? Like, is that why I'm here? And not that there's anything wrong with that. I think if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing and do you, but why am I here? And for me, it was interesting because I had a very clear intention with Burning Man. And that was to participate, like to really be involved. The first burn I went to, I just watched. Like I wasn't really, <laughs> I didn't participate much. And so that was a big intention. And the other one was for me to celebrate. You know, I've had like a fucking hard year, a lot of challenge, didn't, wasn't sure if I was going to make it to this point. And just to really celebrate that, like to have the space for the week to just celebrate and like be grateful for it and know that like no matter what had happened throughout the year that I got there. Mm. 
And I had like the greatest time of my life. <laughs> you did. You and, uh, were winning Burning Man for sure. And the difference though with our group was we were doing, I mean, we did lots of psychedelics, but the intention behind it was very different. We weren't just taking a bunch of LSD or mushrooms or whatever. We were always setting group intentions, individual intentions, and really using this opportunity to really explore. Burning mm-hmm. Man's a different environment. There's, it opens you up in different ways. And the intention and the difference in the result of that between a night where you know, you're just partying or whatever and wondering maybe why you're there versus literally having like the best fucking night of my life, intention was what changed all of that. And I think something people can take away is, you know, how can you be more intentional in your life? Yeah, and that's something that, you know, um, it's easy to do, well, let's say easy. A lot of people don't do it when it comes to psychedelics and any sort of plant medicines like that. But take that a step further even. Like if you've gotten to the point where in your um, medicine use, you're being intentional with it. If you're going to ayahuasca ceremonies with a very specific intention, like if you've gotten to that place, awesome. Now, does it move past that? Do you look at other plant medicines like your supplements that you take, your multivitamin, your maca powder, your uh, MCT oil in your coffee, like then going into the food that you eat, right? And, And the food that you're eating Let's say you're even at the point that you're buying organic food and you're going to restaurants that are healthy. That's awesome. Every time you eat food, do you have an intention? Do you have, do you set what you want that food to do for your system as it's entering your body? Um, And then, you know, you can just keep going and going and going down the list of things that we eat, things that we do, things that we say, and ask the question, how intentional am I? Like, what is the intention? Am I conscious? And I think that's what conscious is, like becoming conscious is becoming more intentional, recognizing that you have so much more control of your experience than being just a victim. And that level of dropping into conscious intention, to me, what like, enlightenment is like the pursuit of that is just like higher percentage of your life becomes conscious and it all begins with awareness so if if you can't be aware of what's going on or what your experience is or or how you're you know creating that experience or seeing things a certain way then you can't change it and so you know between awareness and intention like when you can kind of understand those and and play with those magic can happen Mm mm-hmm and knowledge is awareness. So if you go, people are like, well, how do I increase my awareness, right? You learn, <laughs> plain and simple, whether it's experiential learning or uh, more traditional learning, like, like reading a book or attending a workshop or whatever, you're developing your knowledge of a subject, that subject being yourself and how you operate. And as you gain more knowledge, that knowledge is awareness and that awareness gives you choice. So like knowledge, what X plus Y equals Z, right? Mm -hmm. Then, um, yeah, awareness 
and knowledge are choice. And that's why I think the pursuit of knowledge, that's why I have this podcast is because I think that the pursuit of knowledge is um, almost just like the highest form of existence. Like it's the, like to me, it's the, the very like blood um, pumping through my veins is that just pursuit of knowledge. I think it creates leverage. It gives you the opportunity to actually be able to make informed decisions. And that, that's just a better place to be than unconsciously making decisions, right? Like the more aware you can be, the more intention you bring, the, the more you can actually start to see just the impact that you can actually have on your experience. And I mean, you and Azria have certainly influenced me in big ways uh, when it comes to that. And I just think the contrast I've been able to see, especially, you know, in Burning Man or just in my life when I'm bringing more intention. I mean, it, it makes a big difference. Well, what's interesting about it is you've been in personal development for a really long time. And just this last year has been the shift for you. Mm-hmm. Because last Burning Man was not that, and yeah. this Burning Man is. So what would you say, like even for someone in personal development, to, to for, for years to have this year be the year that this shifts, and it's such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider it awakening. I think I've said to you, like, that's what awakening is to me when people use that term is because I, I, when it happened to me, I remember driving home down my street and looking at everything and being like, I don't understand how it, how does it look so different? Like this is the same street I've driven on thousands of times. And yet in this moment, it's like, I've, I'm seeing it with the lens removed. I feel awake as if I'd been asleep, but the only way to know that you're asleep is to wake up. <laughs> and so going back to my question, what was it do you think that shifted this year for you? Yeah, it's something I'm definitely sitting in a lot. Um, you know, I, ironically, I, I think, you know, something really important for people to understand for the context of this is, is, as much as you'll speak to like, whoa, the change has, has really been like significant in a short amount of time. It's also been like one of the most difficult years of my mm-hmm. life. Like, <laughs> like there were many points this year that I did not think I was going to get through all the shit that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And like a quote that really speaks to me is that depression is when you're unable to see the light at the end of the tunnel that you desperately need to see. Mm. And so much of this year for me was that, you know, I desperately like needed to see that I would get through it and that there was major growth through it, but not being able to see it. I was like super depressed a lot, like, and it was hard. So I, I think, you know, just for anyone listening, like whatever you're going through, that's what you need to be going through to be able to have these opportunities to grow and to have these breakthroughs happen that on the other side of it, you're looking back and you're like, yeah, I'm grateful for that because that helped me get to where I am today. But when you're in the middle of it, it can be so challenging to, to set that frequency of actually feeling grateful. So um, it's it's very interesting because you're what, 29, right? And I'm 32 and my 
awakening period happened right after the hardest year of my entire life. And it was at the same age, which is a Saturn return. So for those of you in that like 28 to 31-ish range, that's generally where you're gonna get a Saturn return. It's an astrological thing where the best way it was described to me was if you're not on the path that you're you're meant to be on, on an astrological like soul level, um, the universe will shake shit up. And it will give you, it's going to give you opportunities to um, a course correct, let's say. And um, the harder that it's resisted, the harder we resist um, the suggestion from the universe, the more difficult it becomes. It becomes suffering because more and more and more awful things have to keep happening. Um, and it, the, it's like the intensity has to increase so that you finally get to the point of surrender. And the point of surrender for me was what shifted it for me, where my brain literally just broke. <laughs> and um, I was standing there and I couldn't even have conversation. Like Azrae was speaking to me and I just was staring straight ahead, almost like Bill Murray and Lost in Translation kind of thing. Just staring off into space and I finally was just like I give up I don't actually know what to do I need help and that decision like that humbling of I need help and I actually called the only spiritual friend that I had at the time <laughs> and it was like hey I need a, like an aura cleansing or like some exorcism or something like I just feel like there's energetically there's a cloud hanging over me and I feel like I'm walking through quicksand and I do not know what to do. I've tried everything. And that level of just I surrender was the thing that allowed for the awakening to occur. And I'm curious for you, was there that moment? Was there like a thing you can remember where you're like, I give up? Like I... I'm willing to try anything. Yeah, I don't think it was a moment, but it was definitely, I was having that conversation for a period of time. Hmm. And I think eventually I just reached the point where it was like, fuck it. <laughs> like I just, I need to completely just like surrender to it and be open to like figuring out what is, what needs to happen next. And, and I'm kind of open to anything. And I think, you know, for people listening, like that's certainly where it begins. Uh, a big shift in my life, and, and I'll kind of share a couple different stories. The first was a big shift in my life happened when I decided to actually apply what I was learning to my life. And in order to do that, I had to actually let go of my ego of wanting to be the person who discovered the trick to be able to help my life be where it was. And until that point, I wouldn't read a book around personal development. I wouldn't go to a seminar. I wouldn't do anything because I didn't want to have to learn from someone else. So even letting that go and just letting my ego go allowed me to be much more willing to listen to anyone. Um, so, I mean, that was a big shift, but this year, I mean, surrender has been a huge theme. And I also think surrendering to the fact that I couldn't think my way out of it anymore. Like I came to a point where I realized that from like a headspace of like reading the books or whatever that I had kind of tried everything and yet I still didn't feel great. So you could look at, you know, game quitters, awesome 
fucking company like doing really cool work. I'm super proud of it. So social impact business, like check. World-class social circle, like amazing group of friends. I live in California. I grew up in Canada. I surf all the time. Like my lifestyle, I'm super grateful for it. I've worked really, really hard for it. And yeah, I still woke up every day like depressed and anxious and like wanting to jump off a bridge. Hmm. And that brought me to an epiphany of like, it was an energetic shift that had to happen. It it wasn't a new idea or like it was something had to shift energetically. Hmm. And that led me to, to be open to, you know, whether it was like a mushroom ceremony I did before Tanzania that was incredibly powerful for me or ayahuasca, which happened like last week, like two weeks ago, or showing up to Burning Man being willing to do the work, you know, and, and just, I'll just share that, you know, the first day of Burning Man, one of my biggest fears of Burning Man was the heat and like the heat and the dust. My first burn, I literally woke up every morning, doused myself in a bottle of water, went straight to center camp, which is like a shaded area where you can drink coffee, drank coffee, played chess, and then I wouldn't leave that place until 6 p.m. when the sun went down because it was too hot. And going back to the burn, it took me three years to get to the point where I was like, all right, let's try this again. And this year I go and like, the first day we're about to go out on this amazing day trip with like our crew. And I said something like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fucking handle the heat. Like I wasn't even going to go out with you guys the night Mm -hmm. before. And you said, it sounds like you have like, it sounds like you get to change your relationship to that. It was like some like off the hand comment that you and Azria do all the time. I think I, I think I said, it sounds like a choice. Something like that. It may have been both, where, uh, yeah. where one of you said, it sounds like you get to change your relationship to that, and someone else was like, it's a choice. Anyways, those two random comments come in. The next day, I just became the heat. <laughs> I literally was biking around saying, I am the heat. I'm one with the heat. And I, did, I didn't even feel hot that day at all. <laughs> at all. At no point. And it was like such an amazing day. And the lesson was like, I just fully surrendered. To the fact that, yeah, okay, it was going to be hot. It could be as hot as it was. I'm not even going to feel it. Because I just am, like, fully surrendered to it. And just doing that more and more and more. And the more awareness I have around it, the quicker I'm able to do it. Hmm. The more I'm able to just accept what is. And, you know, it's going to be whatever it is. But, like, I'm then able to channel into, like, what's my intention? And what am I here for? And that day it was... I want to have an amazing day full of presence with like some of my dopest friends. Hmm. And if I'm a bit dusty, like, fuck it. <laughs> it's burning, man. Going to get dusty. Um, yeah, it's, it was cool to see that transition because the night before you were telling us just how much you hate heat and I was cracking up because you really, really struggle with heat or did, you know what I mean? Did. It did in past tense. And so um, that's, that's like superpowers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think about that all the time. I had, um, it's so funny, just as as a coach, how as I, like, close down my, um, 
one-on-one coaching like openings. I'm like, I've reduced my roster size because of all the work that I'm doing in consulting. Um, all of a sudden, so many people writing wanted coaching. So I'm, I don't know why that came up. Oh, that came up because I've had a few calls in the last, uh, last day, few days coming back from Burning Man. And to one of the guys, I was saying, what I really do is I help people tap into their superpowers and like really your superpowers on so many different levels. And that what you just described is, is one of them. The ability to do a complete 180 of something that we would think is just not um, possible even. It's just like, no, that's just how I am. Like that's such a common statement mm-hmm. that people say, no, that's just how I am. And it's not, <laughs> it's actually not. You can choose and you can shift. And that's what, where truly owning like the creator of your reality more than just like this logical statement that we kind of understand creating your reality means every single moment Mm -hmm. in every single way so let me share another one of those moments because it was on the same night (laughs) and that night we were going out like with 20 of our best friends and just taking a bunch of LSD and doing it very intentionally of like this really to unite us and connect us and like for us to be in a very like present space and um, just to have a really magical night together. Mm-hmm. And so we were biking to this one place and, and at one point I started screaming like... <laughs> I was screaming like, let's go, like, let's go. Like we're going to this like dance party. I hear tech house music. I'm about to dance my face off. And we get there and, and you actually say to the group, like Cam's about to lose his mind, like in the, in the best way possible. And I started dancing and the group kind of stops and like, we're not gonna stay at this dance party. The whole group more or less, like they're looking for something else. And I know that I'm going to have, like, two minutes to, like, enjoy this and dance and, like, before the group's going to walk away. And so that's what I did. And Azria got off her bike and her and I danced for, like, two minutes. I felt it fully. I had such a great experience. And then the group was like, all right, let's go. And the night before, or the two days before, I spent the entire night going to every art cart every stage trying to find the dance party, like trying to find the party that would be awesome. And none of them were, the, were it. Every time we got there, it, we were like, oh, it's just not perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's go somewhere else. Oh, it's just not perfect. And we spent two hours like looking for the party and we didn't find it. And I told Azri and she said, don't chase the party, like let it come to you. And then here we are two days later and I'm able to actually in that moment, no, we're not going to stay at this this party, but I'm going to enjoy it for the two minutes that I have, and then we're going to move on. Mm. And for me, that just had me unlock like gratitude for all moments and just really what that actually experience is like, where I only have two minutes for this dance party, but I'm going to like enjoy this fully and be grateful that I had two minutes. And having that finally unlock, I mean, that's something else where it changes my entire experience of my life. 
and Burning Man was able to kind of create the the experience for that. Burning Man is ceremony. I mean, I I did a podcast a few days ago about about it and just how sacred I feel like Burning Man is because every single year um, it's it's like being thrown into the fire and getting sharpened. Uh, that's the wrong analogy that I just I'm like mixed two or something I don't know but you get what I'm saying it's like um, just being forged in the fire in that way because it's so confronting in so many ways and um, yeah this year it was no different I, I'm trying to remember I had a question uh, for you based on something that you had said and it was around um, people making choices or choosing not to make the choices because like people can have the awareness and people can um be have the option of a different choice and the fear of that different choice or the difficulty of breaking the patterning causes them to make the same old choices and stay in the same patterns and we know people um, in the work, personal development work, who still seem to repeat the same patterns over and over and over and over again. Um, and I think that the fear, like the actual fear of making different choices is so powerful that we can trick ourselves into thinking that we actually are making different choices because when I've gone into um, some really deep medicine ceremonies and have to face off with letting something go, like actually being willing to change, um, my body constricted in fear because that change represents the unknown. I literally said, I don't know what that even that life even looks like to make that decision. And and so I am so scared to do that. And that's what's amazing about like ayahuasca is the ability to even have that level of depth in your subconscious that you're working through consciously mm -hmm. is crazy. And I look at it in day-to-day -day life with just day, like people that, that are going through their lives and ask myself the question like what does it, what would it take to give everyone the confidence because that to, to give everyone the courage to be willing to surrender into the unknown. And I think that more and more I'm recognizing that like, that's what like the one man show that's coming to Australia in November. I haven't posted about it yet. So people who listen to this are going to work common. They, they know it. One man show is permission to think freely. It's going to be four cities in Australia in November. Um, my that show is about giving people the courage like whatever they need the understanding and the motivation just to have the courage to choose that because i think that is such a key often overlooked piece of what is necessary to heal a lot of this planet yeah i mean i'm just thinking back to that moment of you doing the one-man show in mm. a 20-person color bottle at Burning Man and it was like man that was just the the intimacy of that group getting to experience your gift in that way was just the greatest thing <laughs> it, it was so good 
Um, I'm really excited about Australia. I just think there's more people being exposed to your show. I think there's there's something really good about that show, and in mm-hmm. a way that, um, you know, helping people wake up, it has to be articulated, and it has to be done in a way that's appealing to them. And, and I think from an entertainment place, that's always a good place to start because when you can make something entertaining, people are are there for what they want, but then they get what they need, which is you dropping fucking wisdom on them, right? <laughs> so it's, I'm just really excited about it. And, and this year, I mean, I think with ayahuasca, for me, the gift was that I, I didn't know how to make some of those energetic shifts. And the gift that I got from ayahuasca was that she just took me over and was like, here you go. And I've walked out of that ceremony, you know, 10 days ago, and I just physically feel different. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted for so long, but I didn't know how to do it myself. And when I surrendered to that and was just like, yo, I, someone help. Ayahuasca was like, I got it. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, it parallels, it parallels my life like four years ago, literally the worst year of my life so desperate that I turned to the only spiritual friend I had and you turned to Azri and I and um, that eventually led me to ayahuasca and we eventually led you to ayahuasca. Um, the, so the podcast that I did a week, two weeks ago uh, where I recorded the podcast literally the morning after this ayahuasca ceremony was Cam's first ever ayahuasca ceremony. So that's pretty cool to have you on the show and and talking about what I consider to be DNA activation. People have heard me say DNA activation on this podcast before, but literally, well, let me give a little bit for those of you who don't know about DNA activation. Um, they say that 99%, 97% or something of our DNA is considered junk DNA. That's in the scientific community. That's what they call it, junk DNA, because they think that it doesn't do anything or they can't identify what it does. And if you think about nature, nature is not 97% inefficient. And so, like, it doesn't make any sense. We just have these aspects of our DNA that they cannot figure out what they do. But then you look around and you have people who are clairvoyant and clairaudient and you have people who can see auras and you have people who, like just even what you're talking about where there's just a shift there's a physical shift that you feel it's this dna activation that um is possible for all of us we can literally change the the genes through intention well and that's the visual i saw was there was a moment in the ceremony where like i was so tired going into that ceremony i slept for like two days before the ceremony as soon as i decided to do the ceremony it was like I was like laying in bed for two days just getting ready for it. And the night of the ceremony, I was still so tired. I, I could barely stay awake. Like just imagine being the most tired possible and you're supposed to sit here and meditate. It was like, I was like rolling over every 30 seconds just trying to like keep my eyes open. And eventually I got to a point where I was just like, fuck it, fine. If I'm gonna sleep, I'm gonna sleep. And in that moment, my entire body felt like supported and i saw this huge visual of just like every initially it was the operating system of my body just coming online and 
it was green. And then I saw this other visual of like every cell in my body coming online and it was like pink and red. And it was like, I had just then took over my body and I shook a lot or I, I, sh I was shaking a lot. Um, it was kind of intense, but I also knew it was like necessary. And I was playing, you know, in my consciousness the whole time of like asking myself, like, what am I afraid of? Or asking myself like what, like I need to let go. Um, you know, going to different visuals in my life that were major anxiety points. And usually I would shake more, but I had this sense of like, I was shaking a lot of that energy out. And I was also recalibrating to what my intention was for the ceremony, which was the, to, to calibrate to the frequency of, of being fully seen. Because that's really, you know, the embodiment I'm really trying to step into is like, what what does my energy feel like? if I'm allowing myself to be fully seen hmm. and it's subtle. It's, it's, that's not like a super easy thing to see, but like, that's a big intention I'm playing with right now. And also just learning to let go. And after that ceremony for me, it was like, yeah, I feel looser. I feel lighter. I feel more willing to surrender. I feel, um, more willing to express myself. And something that helped me do that was that I knew you were there and that I was safe and I, I was able to go there and that doing that work was exactly what I needed to do. And that it was all that was like, it, it was exactly what was necessary. And I think having that sort of, um, you know, person or, or friend or, or whatever, where like you can create the space for that. Hmm. I think is a really crucial part of all of it. Um, and you and Azria have obviously been, been that for me and it's like made a huge difference in, in everything. Wow. I'm happy to hear that. brother. I'm, um, I know that in my own journey, um, it's funny because in my own journey, I didn't have that. Like I didn't have the, like people were looking to me, I was the first one to uh, quote unquote awaken in my friends group and um, the like all the questions were to me and like I attacked spirituality, I attacked develop, spiritual development with the like ferocity of um, the old me uh, who was so driven to be to be the creative director of an ad agency like straight-A student, like that level of tenacity, I just went at it and went from not believing in any of it to studying on a daily basis, hours, every single day, like watching YouTube videos, reading books, listening to podcasts, like nonstop, dude. I was so um, like obsessed with learning as much as I could because I felt like it was like the secrets of the universe that were like finally available to me. And, um, my mentor came in the form of a life coach that I hired. I was like, I just need someone now I, I've exhausted and I could use that support. And I think that when I think about all the good that came in my life from hiring a coach, I recognize just what's possible with mentorship and how crucial it is 
in development. Like it is so, so important. And I think that um, I'm just so grateful that I have the opportunity to even like bestow quote unquote wisdom, quote, like bestow my secrets, what I've learned, they're not secrets. I share them on podcasts and Facebook live, but like, to be able to bestow that to people is just so awesome. And then like knowing what's going to happen on this planet because you have had this happen is awesome. I think it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone and just paying it forward. I think that is a very sustainable, makes a massive difference. Like word of mouth marketing is one of the best channels of, of even marketing in, in the business world, but being able to pay it forward. And for anyone listening, I, I think something they really want to take away from this is like, don't be the smartest person in the room. You know, it's kind of a, an old cliche, but I've always found that, you know, when I'm around people who I can learn from, hmm. A lot happens quickly because I'm willing to learn. You're one of, that's like one of your um, most obviously inspiring traits is like your ability to listen. Like even right now, you, you've, on this podcast, you've talked about three different examples from Burning Man where you repeat exactly what someone said to you in passing. How, and you, one of them, I know for a fact, you were high. So like, the fact like that's the level of listening that you have and not just not just hearing you know what i mean but actually listening and allowing that to sink in at a level where like when i was when i was growing up for most of my life when if people were saying something i i would almost actively block it from embodying because I was so sure of like my own beliefs and it seems like you're just willing to let these things like come in at such a deep level that the speed at which you can grow is so much faster it's just funny that you say it because it like yes 100% in such a small way <laughs> like such a small like, way. like the thing that is so hilarious about my life is like I dropped out of school twice. You got straight A's. I was like a 51% student because I didn't give a fuck about school. Like I hated school. I hated everything about it. I didn't respect the teachers. I thought it was all bullshit. I didn't feel like I needed it. I never thought I would ever go to college. I just saw no point in school <laughs> at all. Now, that's not because I don't value education, nor do I think that uh, everyone in school is, like, making a fool of themselves. Not at all. Just for me, it just did not work. I did not give a shit. It took me a long time to realize that there was a difference between that and not liking to learn, because I love to learn. I read books. I, I, like, pay attention to so many different things. I love to learn about everything. Just when it comes from my own interest. Hmm. I think the ability to listen also comes with the willingness to actually want to see your life improve and just being really honest about that. Like when I first met you guys, you guys lived in the dopest house 
That's very expensive. <laughs> and you worked the least of anyone I knew. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it was like, I mean, my house was cool, cool location, not ideal. And it was affordable. And I worked my ass off. <laughs> like, all day. All day. And loved it, because I love what I do, but like, I don't know. The results speak for themselves. And so I'm willing to listen to you guys, because you guys have a relationship that's super awesome, super beautiful. You guys live in a fucking dope spot. I mean, those are like two of many 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 and if people just get to experience you guys in person like you get to experience your energy and like there's the results speak for themselves and and i think that sometimes if we let our egos go hmm. and we're actually honest about the fact that we actually want to achieve these things that we want to achieve like yeah i actually would like to be happy you know it's not like something i'm just saying because it's cool. <laughs> Actually, it would be it would be pretty dope to wake up every day and be happy like Demir and not uh, waking up like in a panic attack like I do most of my life. You know, like that's just... How's it been since ceremony? Oh, I felt great. I feel great. I feel you great see, about everything. You seem to feel great about everything. <laughs> so, it's like... I think being willing to, to actually like... Or being honest about the fact that you actually want to to achieve these things, embody these things, you know, it starts there and being willing to do the work. Well, the the thing that's hard for a lot of people I find is our approach is, can be really scary to people. Like the way that we approach life, (laughs) because you say the results speak for themselves, but the results of what, right? And what we do and how we live is, requires such deep trust, like such deep trust in the universe and in these concepts, essentially, like the ability to manifest and create your reality and like all of that, you have to trust so deeply. And um, that's that can be really scary for people. It can be really scary for myself at times. Like when we first moved into this house, I, if you've been listening to my podcast, um, going back to when we first moved into this house, it triggered the shit out of me. Like, it was so much more money than we've ever paid. And and it it put a legitimate, um, like, I now I have to sign clients regularly in order to support my lifestyle. As opposed to before, like, I could sign one client and be good for a couple months, you know what I mean? Like with such little cost and overhead, especially when we were traveling and stuff. And um, so now it just put a different level of pressure, or I should say I put a different level of pressure on myself because of that and had to really um, put my money where my mouth is. It's like, I have to go into the work again instead of just saying all this shit then saying all the facebook live videos and the wonderful things like now it's time to apply it to my life um at a level that i'd never even done before um and it's crazy like it's crazy to see what has happened and the shifts that have taken place in our lives over the last what like six months (laughs) right and i think 
if there's anything you know people want to to really I think take away from you is like your commitment to the work because mm. your commitment to the work is like bar none and that's why you are where you are and so I, I think I mean I'm certainly interested but I'm sure everyone else would be interested in like what is it that has allowed you to to have like that deep of a connection and a commitment to doing the work oh i think um one of the biggest things is um i don't see it as work um like i use that term um and sometimes it can feel that way for sure but i guess um I had a friend of mine say that recently where I was talking about how much I was in it consistently because he was asking questions about like, how can he continue to develop? And he said, yeah, I just, I just don't know that I want to do that much work. And I took that in for a moment and I recognized that, um, I don't see it as work. I see it as, um, every time I, I have a growth in my within myself, I have literally made every single moment of my life for the rest of my life better, <laughs> like more enjoyable. The level of happiness that I feel, it's interesting that we're talking about this right now because I'm going through a period of probably two months now that have been the hardest in a while. Like they're, they're not easy um, on like an emotional, personal level. And yet I also recognize that like the level of happiness I feel even in this time is so much more than six years ago, like ever. <laughs> um, and I feel that one of the biggest things is that we don't just imp we just don't increase our happiness potential. We increase the um, spectrum of what the depth at which we're able to feel, and that includes sadness and pain. Like the level of pain I feel these last two months is higher than like almost my entire life like it's so painful and simultaneously the amount of joy i feel is so much more joy and i think you're just increasing those polarities um, as you learn to feel deeper and deeper and and if you can learn to love feeling that's the the trick that's that's the um you know joseph campbell says that bliss is a feeling fully felt right any feeling, just when you allow yourself to fully feel it, that's bliss because that's why we've chosen this human experience is to feel at that level. And the trick is, is not turning, turning it into resistance. And I guess I'm recognizing that my bliss levels increase every time I take a workshop, every time I read a book, every time that I have a medicine ceremony. I'm improved. I'm literally every moment is better. And we spend all this money on um, 
trips to Vegas and we spend all this money. Like I'm saying we now, it's like the collective, like so many trips to Vegas or alcohol or prostitution or like whatever it is that money's being spent on, like fancy cars and, and things because we want to make our lives better in some way. And there's like investing in yourself, doing the work, quote unquote, is literally the only foolproof way. Like you're guaranteed just about I'm not gonna get. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my. I hope that's an answer. I hope that answers the question. I just don't see it as work. And I think what you want to be going for is like embodiment. You know, so mm-hmm. understanding something from a headspace is one thing, but truly being able to like actually embody it and be able to live it and and have your life speak to it and represent it. That's a big shift that that helped me. Um, you know, up until that point, everything was in my head. Hmm. And when I went from like my head to my body and actually allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling and, you know, seeing that spectrum, cause that's hard too. Like the happier I get, the more depressed I feel sometimes too. And, and that spectrum can be intense, but just surrendering to it again, all my biggest lessons, especially this year have come the moment I just surrendered and hmm that's been really beautiful to see. And, and the more I experience those, something I love about experiencing something is, is you can't deny it in the future. Mm-hmm. You've experienced it. And the more I experience these things, the more I'm able to just accept it and, and live from that place, you know, every single day. And I think that's where we're beginning to see the shift. And I, I'm personally, you know, I, I can't think beyond December right now. Like I, I know, I'm going to Portugal next week and I'm going to be on tour in October and then Australia, like November, December. And that's about as far as I've thought at this current moment. But I see a lot of really exciting things coming and and, uh, I'm open to what that looks like and and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I I think that uh, you are on like you have this over the last two weeks, essentially you've had a new lens. Uh, and now you get to go on this crazy travel adventure with which, um, since we're basically, I'm able to see all these parallels in our journeys, um, traveling by myself, which you've done a lot of, but like traveling by myself with that lens changed my life. It changed my life because it completely, like when we look in a mirror, we see ourselves and we have this idea of who we are, right? And so in your, when we live in the same place, when we go to the same restaurants, when we hang out with the same people, we can get into this cycle of who we think we are because that's who we, how we show up in this um, thing. I didn't realize that how much, how much of who I thought I was had negativity surrounding it until I traveled by myself and basically got complete strangers reflections, like how I was received and how I showed up in certain circumstances and all of that, Um, especially in such, again, similar to Burning Man, India is another planet. It is so intense. And to travel by myself for the first time in a country like that was like ceremony uh, coming up against my edges all the time. And I did what you did at Burning Man, essentially, which is just full surrender and just like nothing, nothing phased me because I just accepted what was. 
And then I come here, I come back home, and it's so much harder to do that. Um, has been so much harder to do that. And I, I think it's cool that you're going to get to go and experience the same thing where you're going to see how complete strangers react to you and show up for you, which could completely can has the potential to really reprogram all these old stories yeah and portugal for me is is the first time i know i've traveled a lot i travel a lot i'm always traveling i love it but it's been a minute since i've traveled just for me mm -hmm. you know i've traveled to tanzania and, and i mean that's been like the best but we're with a group you know, I, I travel to speak, I travel to work, um, things like that. And, and I always love it, but it's been a while since I've just got to travel just for me. I think the last time I, I did that, I was in Bali and that was a couple years ago. And so I'm really excited to just kind of go and, and be able to play with a lot of these ideas I've been, I've been playing with, follow your highest excitement in a foreign country that I literally know nothing about. The extent that I know is I'm I'm going to Portugal, and I land in Lisbon on September 12th, and then the adventure begins, <laughs> and follow my highest excitement, you know, find magic and just go and have the most present and deep and connected experience I can have. A lot of intention. I want to surf a lot. I want to you know be super productive, get, like, get some things done, have some space where, you know, something I love about foreign countries is that no one knows you. So no one can be like, yo, bro, haven't seen you in three weeks. You've just been working the whole time. Like, can we hang out? When you're in a foreign country, like no one knows. And so you can do whatever you want. And, and, and I, whether it's work or anything else. I feel like if you're like a bank robber on the lamb. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm just excited to like go and, and see what that, you know, experiences like after having not done it for a while and, and I know that travel has been one of the greatest gifts and, and biggest teachers for me and it's been a reflection point because you know when I went to Costa Rica the very first foreign country I ever went to by myself I lasted 10 days I was supposed to be there for 40 disaster <laughs> really bad uh, I was actually like hiding in a hotel room with air conditioning and I was having such intense anxiety that I called the airline and was like, yo, can we rebook my return flight home like two weeks from now? And they were like, sure, it'll be $250. And I'm like, great, here you go. The next day I called them back. Can we move my flight to like three days from now? They're like, sure, no problem, $250. I'm like, how quickly can I pay you? Like, get me out of this country and get me home. I can't do it anymore. To now, like you could basically put me anywhere in the world I'm good. Like, it might be intense. It might be crazy. Shit might happen. But, like, I'll be fine. I will survive. I'm not too stressed about it. And being able to see that difference, though, is, is significant. And I think something I love about Burning Man, something I want to encourage everyone listening, Burning Man is once a year. And so you get to see that reflection point of, of the growth that you've had over that year. Or for me, in this case... I went three years ago and I went this year and now I'm able to see the difference. And sometimes seeing that contrast is really powerful. And, and I think sometimes we learn best through contrast. So experiencing a horrible travel trip to now experiencing something amazing. 
I'm able to see the difference. I'm able to see how I'm creating that experience. And so how can you find more contrast in your life? You know, maybe you want to try something you've never tried before. See what the experience is like. Maybe you want to see what a week without this one friend who is always toxic and always (laughs) causing drama. Try playing a week with no drama. See what that experience is like. I have, I have a, um, so we have a film shoot next week and then we have a retreat that we're, we're running, um, the week after. And then Azria is going to Maui for two weeks and I have literally no idea what I'm going to do. Um, and I could do anything and I've been playing with, I was going to do a Vipassana, but, um, it's not, the timing doesn't work out. And, um, what, where do you think I should go? <laughs> because I've just been thinking about it. It's like, I go to Machu Picchu, go to like wherever I wanted to see the Northern lights. That's a potential. Um, and then part of me is like, I kind of want to be here. I kind of just want to be home. <laughs> um, anyway, I was just opening it up for suggestions of where you think I could go and travel to. I don't know. I mean, everything you always tell me is that you don't want to travel. I don't really want to travel right now. Like, I love being home. And I love being home with my girlfriend and my dog. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, being home by myself is less appealing to me than uh, with the two of them there, especially since I, I could travel. I could just go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think the answer will come to you. Knowing you. It will. <laughs> it just hasn't come yet, but it will. It will. That's how I wound up in India. You know that? I, I thought I, I wanted to go to Egypt, and I kept thinking I was going to go to Egypt. And then one day I was meditating, and the very clear message, you're supposed to go to India. I'd never wanted to go to India before. A lot of the time, I just choose. Like, deciding to decide. Sometimes that that's worked well for me. San Diego was like that. I was just like, I've been traveling for two and a half years straight all over the world because I can't choose where to live because there are too many awesome places. I'd love to live in Amsterdam and Berlin and LA and New York and Bali and all everywhere. So I just decided to live everywhere and I would just travel all the time. But then I got tired and was like, okay, I want to just stay in one place for a minute. And I was just like, fuck it, San Diego, let's go. And just allow that to kind of unfold. And Portugal was no different. It was like, okay, I'm getting rid of my place in San Diego. I can go anywhere. Where should I go? And I just kind of thought about it and I was like, Portugal, let's go. And I went to Barcelona, Madrid a few years ago and I I always wanted to go west to Portugal, but I didn't have time on that trip. So I went to Paris and went home. So Portugal, and, and there's, gonna be magic in that uh, I don't know what is there I know nothing about the country but I know that I'm going to leave that country being like yes Portugal uh, yeah this feels very familiar to uh, that when I went to volunteer in the refugee camp before Tanzania right. where I was like I just feel like I'm supposed to go. and it's like where can where is a refugee camp and where like how do I get there and that idea only came to me like two weeks before I was supposed to leave and like there's a whole application process and everything to be able to even work with an organization so I wasn't I flew into Greece 
not knowing 100% that I was actually going to be able to volunteer, just trusting, being like, no, I was supposed to go. Like, I'm supposed to be a volunteer here. I know that. So I'm committed. And that's full circle to what we've been talking about earlier on this show, which is just like really surrendering into it and dropping into the flow state. Australia is no different. It was like, you're like, I'm going to Australia. I'm like, I have no plans. Let's go to Australia. <laughs> and, and now I, I'm very interested. Australia, I think, is going to be a very interesting experience. You can you can emcee the show. It's totally t- like you, you're welcome to travel with us wherever we go. Um, I'm filming. I'm bringing a cameraman who is going to film the whole behind the scenes. It's going to be like a whole thing. It's going to be dope. So the story that people don't know is that I was hanging out with Adam last week. So originally, I'm going to Australia to Entourage and, and just be a groupie. Uh, Adam's number one fan. <laughs> right here. And, and then last week, I'm hanging out with Adam, and Adam is like, I'm trying. Someone asked him who was emceeing his show. And Adam said, I'm trying to find anyone better than Cam. Just <laughs> anyone better than Cam. And I don't take offense to it because I'm like, yo, I, I hear you. And then we drop a bunch of LSD. And this is a pretty man. And now somehow I'm going to end up on that stage emceeing the one man show. And I do not know what is going to happen. <laughs> but just that surrender and that's deep trust and following the flow and fully expecting magic to happen. Uh, or or f- fully being ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see you in Australia. <laughs> we'll see you in Australia. There you go. All right, Cam. That's an hour. That's an hour and five minutes, actually. We went over. We did it. And we, we, did it. we never even introduced me. We didn't need to. I do the intros ahead of time. Go check out GameQuarters.com. Good How stuff. can people find you? They're, they're, now they're going to be confused because there's going to be an intro at the front of this. I, I just fucked it all up. <laughs> so you, had, you were going so well until the very end. Damn. Damn. Um, Damn it. Yeah, tell, people the how they, tell people how they can find you on social media. Uh, so GameQuitters.com, GameQuitters on YouTube, at Cameron Dare on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Find me on Facebook. I love to hear from you. So say hello. All right, brother. Uh, we did it. I think it was good too. I, I feel like I feel solid. I feel like we never got into any kind of um, I think pauses or anything. I think we rambled a bit, but I mean, <laughs> deal with it. For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters. Or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.